African Dialogue, looking at different events in depth, discussing a variety of issues. What we see here is a clear violation of one, the right to privacy of Tiwonge and uh, Stephen. The position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting. Yeah, you are listening to Channel Africa. Thank you for joining us on our various platform. A reminder that we are South Africa's external service into sub-Saharan Africa. If you're listening to us uh, on our website, we're on www.channelafrica.co.za where you can uh, find us internationally and continentally. Remember, uh, some set of countries have our uh, DSTV channel. Uh, that's uh, channel 802 on the audio bouquet. And uh, today we we're looking at a very interesting subject matter, which is very important in terms of looking at how can South Africa actually reform and also stimulate its economy. This year, South Africa's President Sir Ramaphosa launched the SASME CEO Fund Circle and the Business Leadership South Africa Connect. Both platforms are aimed at ensuring the small medium enterprises in the country grow and are efficiently supported by the government and also to ensure that they have access uh, to uh, markets related to supply chain and um, it's also interesting to know that uh, uh, th these particular platform will also create a space where uh, we understand to finance and assist these small medium enterprises today we look at uh, you know what's the process since these particular initiatives have been launched how far have they gone how do they aim to create a support system for small medium and micro businesses in the country. Uh, today, we have the opportunity to speak with Lisa Klein, who is the executive from the CEO Circle, and also Ketso Gordon, who is the CEO of the SME Fund. Thank you both for giving us your time. Let me start with you, Lisa. In terms of this particular initiative, when we speak about the CEO Circle and also the SME Fund, can you help us understand what's behind these initiatives? Because I know some of them are not something really new, but they come from a history. Yes, thanks. The SME Fund was set up about two and a half years ago under the auspices of the CEO initiative, which was an initiative co-convened by Jabu Mabuza and the then um, Finance Minister Pravin Gordon, which is really an attempt to try and stabilize the economy um, post the firing of Minister Nene. And it was around big business and, and government coming together and really trying to look at ways in which A, we could avert a sovereign downgrade, our ratings downgrade, B, that we could try and stimulate entrepreneurship, um, and C, how we could get more direct investment going. The SME Fund was born out of that initiative. Adrian Gore and Brian Jossie, um, then at Bitcoin and now at Long for Life, were asked by the minister and Jabu Mabuza to set up a fund. We set up the SASME fund, all of the large corporates, about 50 of the top corporates and the PIP invested in it, and we have about 1.24 billion of investable capital. The fund is a fund of funds, which means that it allocates uh, money to partner funds who in turn disperse that money to their pipeline of SMEs. So it doesn't direct, uh, directly invest Okay. In any underlying businesses. Fantastic. That is the 
Sure. And and, and Ketso, com- coming to you, thank you for also giving us your time. Uh, let's just yeah. look at the, the, the process of the uh, the fund in itself. I just wanted to elaborate, you guys to elaborate on the accessibility of this fund. I know Lisa highlighted that, but can you also just give us a bit of a breakdown on how it actually works? Yeah, so we, you know, we thought about uh, the fund of funds model and figured that the priority should be given to early stage and small businesses uh, who typically struggle to get access to capital and, and funding. So we've divided our portfolio into those two main areas. So we are a significant player today in the venture capital space. So venture capital is really important because innovation and sort of technological advancement is what creates new growth and new job opportunities. So we've invested in uh, Knife Capital and 4DI, who are two established venture capital funds. We've also put money into a first-time fund, uh, meaning it it didn't have a track record but had experience, uh, called Savant, and they work with inventors. So it's a hardware uh, venture capital fund. We've put money into OneBio, which is a biotech fund, we are about to create a university technology fund, which uh, tries to commercialize the intellectual property developed at our various universities. And in, in the near future, we will launch the first black managed venture capital fund. So that's on the venture capital side. On the growth side, we've been sort of focused on either small equity checks or providing debt because many small businesses don't want to give away equity but are looking for debt. Our most significant debt partnership is with Spartan, uh, through whom we've invested 100 million into providing uh, about 500 million rands worth of loans. And Summerplace is a good example of a small equity fund. It's a black woman-managed fund uh, that will be investing between sort of 5 and 15 million brands in black-owned companies that require expansion capital. So the underlying mandate is small, early stage, but more importantly, from a transformation point of view, 50% of all our brands have to be invested in businesses that are at least 50% owned and managed by African entrepreneurs. Um, And the, the priority is obviously to try and and grow businesses in areas where historically they haven't been as, as successful. So that's basically the story. Uh, by the end of this uh, calendar year, we would have committed the full fund, and then you know it's up to the fund managers uh, to invest that funding over the coming years. Hmm. Um, you know, let me come back to you, Lisa, in terms of that issue of the importance of the access to, to funding for small, medium enterprises. How significant is it? I know right now uh, we're struggling in kind of stimulating our GDP growth. We, we're struggling in terms of unemployment. Um, and it seems like uh, the best place to go is exactly where you, you guys are looking at right now in terms of uh, ensuring that we start supporting, um, uh, you know, entrepreneurs and businesses that are uh, originally from uh, South Africa? Yeah, I mean, I I think it's a well-known fact that uh, in South Africa it's been very difficult for small businesses to grow. Partly that is due to our corporate structure. You know, we have very uh, 
dominant players in all the different sectors, so it's very difficult for small businesses to to break, you know, break into those markets. But even if you can, the second challenge you have is getting access to funding um, because it's difficult without a track record to go to a bank or without collateral to go to a bank or without experience to go to, you know, venture capital and private equity players and raise the capital. So I would say, you know, that's a, a second major constraint. The third major constraint is clearly access to market and, you know, making sure that you have the ability to sell your product. And so one of the reasons we launched the CEO circle was to identify leading black businesses that required help, not from a financial point of view, but from being able to access good advice, from having uh, the ability to talk to senior procurement officials in some of the large corporates. And so we're doing both funding of small businesses and helping small businesses get market access. Lisa, what, what are your thoughts there? So my, my thoughts, I mean, maybe what I can just delve into in a bit more detail is what the CEO circle is about. That is very much about trying to, at the other end, which is in the medium-sized businesses, we looked at our shareholder cohort, which is 50 of the largest companies, and we thought that that's one of the key differentiators of the SME fund, is an ability to leverage these shareholders' collective resources and power to really help scale black entrepreneurs. So what we've done is we've run a process that was launched in March um, under the auspices of the president, and we've gone into our shareholder supply chain to identify companies that are black-run managed entrepreneurs. So these are not white companies where there's a 51% VE shareholding. These are entrepreneurs who support these companies themselves, that they've got 50 million or more in revenue per annum. So these are companies that have got a track record, they are scalable companies, and they've got energetic, passionate leadership who have got a vision, and they want to scale these companies to probably 500 million more in value in the next three to five years. Our view is also that these types of medium-sized companies are really the drivers of not only GDP growth, but they will really be able to drive employment. Your micro-enterprises um, are very important, but their, their, their ability to really create employment is very small. It's also a very small base. If you've got two or three employees and you double it, you've got four or six people employed. Versus if you've got 100 employees and you double or triple it, you've got, it's an order of magnitude that's a lot bigger than that. And so that's what the CEO circle is about. We went through a very rigorous process of selection. Um, we had about 140 nominees. We went through a process with Endeavor Scale-Up, which is a not-for-profit that uh, specializes, has a real <laughs> methodology in it. And we finally came up with seven finalists, and we've got seven now winners who are the CEO circle of Shopping um 2019. And also, in terms of getting a good mix of the kind of businesses that you're looking for that are scalable, Lisa, was that a challenge? No, in fact, quite the, the, the opposite. Um, I know that there are a number of people who were quite skeptical about it, but frankly, we were amazed at the depth and breadth of these companies. We have got in our seven winners, we've got an asset manager, boutique asset manager, central capital management that's got about $16 billion under management. We've got a contract mining service um, that does a lot of kind of load and haul and drilling, um, Keller Mining Solutions. We've got a, um, a, a manufacturing company that procures and supplies active pharmaceutical ingredients and raw materials in Sierra Fine Chemical, Signcraft Africa, which basically manufactures mm-hmm. and installs corporate finance. So you can see from that an incredible breadth of businesses 
that we've managed to find and elect and hopefully help scale international champions. Well, I'm going to take a quick break. As you can hear there, we're speaking to Lisa Klein from the CEO uh, Circle there and Geto Gordon, who is the CEO of the SME Fund. Uh, we're looking at these particular two initiatives that were spearheaded by South Africa's government really to find ways at stimulating small, medium and micro enterprises in South Africa. We're going to be speaking maybe when we come back around uh, some of the challenges, maybe look at the environment because both Lisa and Neketsu work in this space. Uh, what are the key challenges that uh, uh, small medium enterprises are facing in South Africa? Let's not also forget the micro businesses because also they have a, a different kind of uh, uh, in infrastructure in, in themselves. And also how do we actually also um, support also the informal small businesses? Sometimes also some of these small uh, businesses are informal and they struggle to to transform into formalizing their businesses. Uh, maybe we'll have a more broader uh, conversation after the break. When I think back to my childhood, geographically, it reminds me of a time where I was black and only black and only struggling, but at the same time, always reaching for something more, something bigger in a South Africa that was hostile. Hello, Africa. This is 1000 African Voices and I'm your host, Avurengui. Join me on Channel Africa every Thursday morning between 8 and 9 and on Saturday and Sunday morning between 9 and 10. Rise Africa, rise. Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. Across the globe, every second, there's always a breaking story. Culture and Joy for Channel Africa Radio in Ethiopia's capital, Addis Ababa. Reporting for Channel Africa, I am Hilda Kekeloa in Zambia. Our cutting-edge and hard-hitting journalism leaves no stone unturned, giving you the whole picture every time. George Muhango, Channel Africa, Blantyre. Reporting for Channel Africa, this is Moki Kinzeka. In Yawundi. From an African perspective, listen to Channel Africa in English, Kiswahili, French, Silozi, Portuguese, and Chinyanja, informing the world about Africa. Join us every day and know what is happening around you. Channel Africa. Well, thank you for joining us right here on Channel Africa, South Africa's external service into sub-Saharan Africa. Uh, thank you for joining us on our various platforms uh, in South Africa and some neighboring countries in the Sadak region. You can find us on DSTV Channel 802. And if you're listening to us uh, online, uh, we're on www.channelafrica.co.za. That's www.channelafrica.co.za. The main question that we're asking today and we've got uh, guests that are right in the mix when it comes to this uh, particular issue and agenda is how does South Africa create a growing environment for entrepreneurs and small uh, businesses? We're joined by Lisa Klein, the Executive Director from the CEO Circle and Keto Godan, who is the CEO of uh, the SME Fund. Let me start this part with you, Lisa. I mean, we, we, from the way you are speaking from, you're speaking around uh, the support of more formalized uh, uh, small medium enterprises 
do we have them organized? Are they working in sync in terms of also the needs that we need in South Africa's market? Are they relevant to the needs of our economy from the space that you work in? What have your observations been, Lisa? So I think, look, in terms of the, the, the businesses that we're focusing on from the CEO circle, those, again, are businesses that really are entrepreneurs who spend the last 5 to 10 and in some cases 15 years building businesses that are very relevant to our manufacturing base. So all of these businesses, apart from Centre, which is kind of asset management, are very focused on helping drive the real economy, if you like. So looking at how we are more efficient in terms of mining, looking at you know, one that's high-density polyethylene pipe. So all around manufacturing, mining, um, you know, signage. So, so, so really businesses that are focused on how do we increase our tax base uh, and how do we increase our, our contribution to GDP. I think one of the key difficulties a lot of these businesses face, which is what you raised earlier, is not just access to capital or access to markets, but it's a regulatory environment um, that often can stifle small business. So there's an enormous amount of not just red tape, but processes and procedures where it leads to these businesses really struggling. Um, so that's one key message that we've heard from them. The, the other key message, and this is something from both government and large corporates, is actually paying these businesses on time. That because these businesses have a very tight working capital cycle, if their payments come 30, 60, 90 days late or more in some cases, their ability to survive is really put under a lot of stress. And so those are kind of two key areas where I think both government and corporates can come to the past quite quickly to try and help these businesses A, survive and B, scale. Good. So you want to add anything to that? I think that government uh, can play a significant role in uh, creating a better environment these small businesses to grow by just by reducing what everybody loves to call the red tape. So we've had we've had these conversations, you know, for many, many years now. And almost nothing has changed. So small businesses still have to go through all the employment equity regulation. They still have to go through all the tax Oh, I'm struggling with that line there, kid. So let me see if you, you can continue, but uh, let me see if we can hold there. Um, I was struggling to hear you there, but but go ahead, Ketso. Yeah, I'm saying that, you know, government's major contribution is not actually doing anything other than creating an environment where small and medium businesses sure, can sure. Yeah. And, you know, just by making life easier for small businesses. Small businesses are not, and medium businesses are not asking for subsidies, they're not asking for handouts. They're just saying, make it easier for us to do the things we're really good at doing. And at the moment, you know, that is unfortunately not happening. And I think that, you know, that should be a key part of the discussion uh, in trying to get the economy back on its feet. You know, the tricky part of that, Ketso, is also, you know, how do you start that particular conversation between government and uh, small business owners? Because uh, sometimes there's just not a space whereby there is a platform for that kind of dialogue where you have the two interacting. It's almost you have a, a top-down approach to also the policy and the legislation around this particular environment. So what the good place to start for that kind of process that you're suggesting uh, to actually start unfolding? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I sort of disagree with you there. I think there's been a lot of talking, there's been a lot of interaction. There are hundreds of forums that are convened mm. every year where people sure. talk about those things. So, you know, my one advice to anybody who genuinely cares is let's stop talking and let's start doing. Yeah. Uh, and, and also, would it be from a more legislative perspective to have yeah. that particular transformation? Yeah, you know, we, 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 we did the right thing, uh, you know, and, uh, in creating the, the Ministry of Small Business Development. So that was a good, you know, that was the good starting point. The problem is that it hasn't come with uh, supportive legislation that clears the way for small and medium businesses to grow. In many countries that we have been comparing ourselves to, uh, in the venture capital space, for example, governments have typically said, for every rand you as the private sector put up, we'll put up two rands. And then our three rands can go into you know, creating new businesses. So there are many simple things that can be done, you know, whether it's removing the red tape or adding a bit of money to uh, strengthen private sector involvement in the venture capital space. You know, my advice is let's get a few practical things going. Because the time for talking is definitely, in my view, definitely over. Mm. Uh, and Lisa, from from your point of view as well, what what are your thoughts in terms of that legislation um, kind of transformation that we need? Uh, what we've been coining as red tape in the last uh, five minutes or so. Yes, then I think you know Peter's outlined the broad strokes of it. I think in addition to that. In fact, the legislative environment is often there. So, for example, there are policy directives to governments or levels to pay small businesses on time. That was something that Treasury has instituted in the last few years. However, it's been very difficult for it to be implemented and for it to be policed. So when, for example, the city of Joburg doesn't pay a small business for 90 days, 120 days or more, there aren't any repercussions. There are no indications it's a very difficult thing for them to implement. And so I guess, you know, our plea there is around executing and putting in place what already exists, which loops back to Kessler's point around just do it, right, as opposed to discuss it. Um, that, for me, would be one of the, the real pleas from both the small business side as well as the venture capital side, is business is, in fact, a national asset, right? And I think that that's something that we sometimes forget, um, I know that President Ramaphosa last year mentioned that entrepreneurs are heroes. These are the people who every day, day to day, are putting their heads down, are creating jobs, are creating value. And I think that that's often despite the obstacles that are put in their way. And so I think that that's also something for us to recognize and to celebrate is the extent to which these people are spending time, effort, energy, and their, their own money in building businesses. So from, from our side, it's not just government, you know, in some ways creating an enabling environment, but it's also government, I think, coming to the party celebrating business. Mm. 
Well, I'm going to take a quick break, one more break, and uh, maybe when we come back, I'd like to us look at that idea of the transforming the informal to uh, the formal. How do we help those guys? I know that the informal uh, markets in um, South Africa are also not well regulated. They're not well monitored. They're not well invested into. I was doing a story around those CBD conflicts that were happening uh, in Johannesburg, uh, where uh, the the there was a claim that that uh, billions of um, rands are being exchanged in that informal uh, sector, uh, but not most of that is actually whether it's not going into our our tax system. Uh, most of it is not really making making sure that we have that uh, informal space, um, uh, in, you know, regulated in a way that we have sustainable businesses on that particular front. Uh, I know it's not an easy question to answer, but maybe we can just dabble around ideas on that with Lisa Clay uh, from the CEO Circle and Ketso Godan from the SME Fund. Let's take a quick break. It's 33 minutes past 11 o'clock Central African time. You are listening to Channel Africa. Gateway to Africa is our entertaining and educational tourism, travel and business show. Join us every Wednesday at 10 hours Central African time as we explore the tourism landscape in Africa. Make a date with Gateway to Africa every Wednesday at 10 hours Central African time. Across the globe, every second, there's always a breaking story. Kultranjoy for Channel Africa Radio in Ethiopia's capital, Addis Ababa. Reporting for Channel Africa, I am Hilda Kekeloa in Zambia. Our cutting-edge and hard-hitting journalism leaves no stone unturned, giving you the whole picture every time. George Muhango, Channel Africa, Blantyre. Reporting for Channel Africa, this is Moki Kinzeka. In Yawundi. From an African perspective, listen to Channel Africa in English, Kiswahili, French, Silozi, Portuguese, and Chinyanja, informing the world about Africa. Join us every day and know what is happening around you. Channel Africa. Yeah, you are listening to Channel Africa. This is African Dialogue with me, Benjamin Mushatama, looking at uh, the big stories or the main issues that are of concern on the African continent. Today, we once again looking at South Africa, looking at its economy and ways to actually find a way out of uh, the uh, lack of growth in the country. And we're speaking to Lisa Klein from the CEO Circle, Kitsu Godan from the SME Fund. Um, Kitsu, I was speaking about the issue of the informal market because we can't speak about small medium enterprises without really speaking about the informal um, markets themselves and what's happening there. Uh, it seems like it is a challenge for us to grapple on where to start with professionalizing that particular market. I know it's a hard question because uh, in, that's the nature of it. it. That's what makes it kind of click and tick. It's the fact that it is informal. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that's a very important question, and we need to begin to find, you know, sort of creative ways of dealing with uh, what people like to refer to as the township economy. Now, I'm going to give you one very uh, concrete example, something that we are doing ourselves, and then I'm, I'm going to throw out a challenge, and hopefully somebody else 
that's listening is going to come and do something about it. So, so we have we have a large number of uh, informal businesses that are called spaza shops that are basically small retail operations operating uh, in some of the sort of most underserviced parts of, of South Africa. We are working with an organization called A to Pay. What they've done is they've got money from the jobs fund. They've put in a very useful piece of technology into thousands of sponsor shops. The technology acts as a cash register. It provides them with financial statements. Yeah, great. But it also allows them to sell prepaid electricity, prepaid uh, cell phone uh, time, and is going to be used in the coming future, even for some small levels of distribution by the Lottery and the Compensation Commission Fund. Now, this jobs initiative, jobs fund initiative, uh, puts in the technology, creates one job for the operator of the machine. But what it has allowed us to do is use the information and the relationship that A2Pay has built up with thousands of these sponsor shops to lend money to those guys and girls who want to expand their businesses. So in the last couple of months, we've done a small experiment. We put in 5 million rands, and we've had all of these sponsor shops borrow that money either to expand their existing business or to build a new business, and we've had a 100% repayment ratio. So all of the money we've lent has been paid back. They've charged them on a daily basis, the interest rate, and it tells you that these are the best small businesses, informal businesses, to use as a platform to which, from, from which you can formalize them. We are very optimistic that over the next year, we will be lending money to a broad base of at least 10,000 sponsor shop owners through a to pay Now, a similar opportunity does exist for small contractors who are currently building sort of informal and semi-formal housing in the townships because the housing backlog is huge one of the biggest opportunities is to formalize these small developers by giving them access to funding and maybe some training and changing some of the local government regulations which will allow them to operate in a more legal environment. So I certainly see there are, if you apply your mind, you get the right people around the table, you know, you can fix these things. And I suppose the moral of the story here is government needs to create public-private partnerships. Work with business, work with NGOs, work with people who are applying their minds to coming up with creative solutions. A2Pay is probably one of the best examples I am aware of, of formalizing what are traditionally informal businesses to the point where we can lend them hundreds of thousands of rands to expand their businesses. Great example there by Ketso Lisa. Uh, do you share the same optimism that he has as he set out a very good example there? Absolutely. I mean, I think we, we in, in the process of working on the fund and the CEO circle, every day we come across energetic people, people who've got creative ideas, implementing these ideas, that really does give us a sense of hope and optimism. I know earlier you spoke about informal traders in Joburg City. I mean, one thing which I think that we really want to celebrate as well is that, in fact, we do have a draw for a lot of immigrants from the rest of Africa. Um, these are people who are entrepreneurial, who want to make a, a, a new life, who are putting in sweat, time, and money into building businesses. And that's something else that I think we really should celebrate. 
um, is having this really cosmopolitan, diverse business community, both formal and informal, that can really help drive GDP growth in the country. Mm. Staying with you, Lisa, we're about to wrap it up. We have around five minutes left. Um, where, where to from here? I know that we've been speaking about what the CEO Circle does, but also what the SME Fund does as well. But uh, moving things forward, how do we fast track this? Because this is a very important space that we find ourselves in, almost a defining time for South Africa's economy. From here, it can only be, we can't go lower than this, I hope so, and then we can only go upwards from here and uh, where do you think we should start having a coordinated uh, effort to deal with the stimulating this very exciting uh, space for uh, SMEs because I think there's a lot of potential as you've both been highlighting in your uh, different responses. Yes, I, I mean I, I agree with you and I think again probably as, as we've both been saying, we think that there are a lot of solutions out there there are a lot of ideas. People have got solutions in terms of what has to happen. So how do you minimize a regulatory environment that often stifles um, big, uh, big and small business? How do you um, make sure that businesses are able to really just thrive by stepping back in some instances, that government should be creating an enabling environment um, and then stepping back and letting businesses and to some extent civil society and NGO to interested in the space just get on with that job. So I think that that's one element of it. The, the, the other element of it, I think, which is that perception really does drive growth. Ultimately, perception, I think, is the one thing that really makes the difference between someone investing in their business today or waiting a couple of months before making an investment, before buying a new machine. Um, that's something that we really come across, and that if you can try and shift perception, right, by doing one or two of the, the, the kind of key things that, that are necessary, you create a virtuous circle. Because the more people feel optimistic, the more that there is a perception that things, in fact, are not dire, and it's not all doom and gloom, the more people will invest. The more that they invest, the more jobs are created and so on. And so I think that that is something which is, which is quite critical, that rather than, you know, bemoaning um, the gloom and doom scenarios, rather look and say, actually, I can attitudinally change my attitude, but I can also change the perception of others. And that is something that I think we as both the, the SME Fund and CEO Circle are very proud of is our ability to, to have done that, for people to feel energized and excited by the initiatives that we're involved in, by the businesses that we're investing in, and by the entrepreneurs that we are showcasing. Hmm. And that, to me, is an incredibly important narrative. Kitsu, your final sentiments? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think if anybody uh, with power and influence is listening, then, you know, I, I want to go back to the thing I said earlier, which is I think it's, We've talked, we know what the answers are. There are some very smart and energetic people out there who want to partner to get these things going. Uh, you know, and each time we do one positive thing, it changes, as, as Lisa was saying, it changes the perception. You know, so if, if, uh, if the president was listening, I would be saying to him, you know, every week do one small practical thing that shows that you genuinely believe that small and medium businesses have the answer to economic growth. Let's stop all the talking and let's just start doing some really simple small stuff.
Fantastic. Thank you for giving us your uh, views there. And uh, we'll podcast this great conversation after the show. Thank you to Lisa Klein, the CEO. um, It's from the CEO Circle. She's the executive director there. Thank you as well to Kito Godan, who is the CEO of the SME Fund. It's been a fantastic conversation there, speaking to both of you around this very important uh, issue at this time in South Africa. So we appreciate for uh, giving us that little bit of your life uh, this particular hour. Thank you. African Dialogue, looking at different events in depth, discussing a variety of issues. What we see here is a clear violation of one, the right to privacy of Tiwonge and uh, Stephen. The position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting.